Welcome back and welcome to our backstory conversation with Kamisha Foley. Kamisha, thank you so much for your story and for joining our conversation. I think you know I'm a fan of yours. As a storyteller, you have a way of directly connecting with your audience, of quickly and effectively engaging them, us. Very nicely done. I wanna plunge right into our conversation. <clears throat> Before you and your husband moved to York, you lived in the greater Washington DC area, as you mentioned, and you were part of that storytelling collective story district, um, as Pat mentioned. <clears throat> and you talked about that a little bit in a previous backstory, but I'd like to return to it. For those who are unfamiliar with it, what is story district? Do what they, what they do, is it similar to what we do or is it different and how did you get involved? Oh. You know, Story District is similar to True Tales Live in the sense that it, it is first-person stories. Um, I got involved th with them through their storytelling boot camp. They, they hosted an all-day um, workshop to teach people how to take, you know, build stories, all the pieces that go into it, and and critique it. And they have very experienced storytellers there who break into groups with people and work with them on their stories. And I thought it was like a really, uh, a very um, safe environment. You know, sometimes it's scary to tell your stories of people you don't know. Um, I'm sure we've all had that experience. And, and it's, uh, they just return to live storytelling in person as well. So they do do courses and classes? They yes, training. they do. They have classes and they have shows. And, um, I think it's, it's a much it's bigger a, organization than ours. Is that right? Uh, yes. I, I'm not really sure of, of the number, but it's, a, um, I think, probably close to 100 or 150 oh, wow. regular people in their, in their core group. I also um, discovered from your background information that you have a website called coffeeandcourage.com whose tagline is humor, health, happiness. And I'll try to put the URL in our chat. Anyway, uh, I don't know about being courageous, but coffee always sounds good to me as to humor, health, and happiness. So tell us about your website and, and how or if it connects to storytelling. Oh, it, it absolutely uh, connects to storytelling. I sort of thought so. <laughs> um, how does it connect to storytelling? It's hard to explain, but I, I used to have a website that was all focused on training other executive assistants. And when the pandemic came along, I stopped traveling. I stopped going on training mission, uh, training, you know, hires and things like that. So I, I realized that that really wasn't in my heart anymore. You know, that even though I love my career field, it really, it's not the story I wanted to tell people. And the story I wanted to tell people as we were all in the pandemic together was, um, for me, it started with, I can do anything 
through coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if I have enough coffee, I can do anything. And because um, my friends joke with me about my coffee, um, love of coffee, but the um, the courage part is, you know, go being true to your true to yourself instead of forcing yourself into the same situation over and over again, just because that's what either you think people expect you to do or whatever. And so it was really important for me to be like, those three things are, are, are what's true to me, humor, health, and happiness. So, yeah. So it definitely connects to my stories. Cause I feel like people connect people in general in the whole world connect through stories, which is what we do here. <clears throat> Well, I was also interested to learn that you contributed a chapter to David Pohl's book, Developing Your Spiritual Self, as Pat mentioned. And as a minister, I'm quite interested in this topic, of course. I believe that storytelling can play a critical role in an individual's and a community's spiritual growth. So would you share with us a little bit about what your chapter is about, what the book's about, and how you view storytelling and spirituality? Uh, I mean, so I see, I, first of all, this, the main gist of my chapter is about how I see religion and spirituality as two different things, which I didn't used to see as two different things, raised and organized religion. Through a, a lot of um, tough life experiences, um, I started to be able to see things that were happening the synchronicity of them was just too uncanny. And one of them I'll share really quick, which was, I didn't share it in the book story, but um, my father died on Pearl Harbor day and he was a Navy veteran, but he didn't die in Pearl Harbor. He died on Pearl Harbor, 1997. And we all joke in my siblings joke that, you know, he did that on purpose so we wouldn't forget when he passed. But directly behind my father's headstone was another headstone. And when I would visit him, I would see it. And that headstone said on it, one day at a time, which is a very important phrase in the recovery community. Take things one day at a time. And when I saw that, that was just one of those moments where I was like, there is another thing going on here another energy, spiritual, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. And I started to gather those one by one to really see what I believe is the spiritual stuff that's going on in my world anyway. <clears throat> well, as I think, you know, I'm a Unitarian Universalist retired minister. And the joke about Unitarian Universalism is that we're a form of disorganized religion as opposed to organized religion. That's not actually true. But one of the things that I've appreciated about our particular approach to faith is that it does encourage people to find their own spiritual path. And it's really a process approach to religion rather than a de facto stated belief, required belief approach to religion. Mm. And that creates that room for understanding spirituality apart from your own particular religious approach. Anyway. Uh, I also want, just wanted to say as an aside, um, the story that you told, 
it sure sounds to me like your boss was borderline unethical in firing you on such short notice. Did that ever come up? Was there ever a... Uh, you know, time heals wounds and gives you perspective. So do I look back now and say, um, you know, of course I was hurt and angry and humiliated and appalled. And it, and it wasn't even my boss that did the firing. It was the person who was training me. I, I was replacing her right, for that right, boss. Right. And <clears throat> did she have the authority to do that? Yes, she did. <laughs> so it's unethical. So, I can't believe that happened. It's well, a great story. I think the lesson learned from it for me was um, the fact that I wasn't reactionary in terms of angry, you know, that I wasn't, that I didn't lash out. I mean, I did say, Are you kidding me? I've <laughs> this job three days. What am I going to do? My husband is packing up our, our house and it's ready to sell. We're ready to move to Boston. But looking with some time, I think that it was their mistake, not mine. And um, or maybe both, you know, we're all human. And so it didn't, it wasn't what was supposed to happen, no matter what the case was. There's no fault on like a bad guy. And it's like, yeah, sure, I think it's a crappy way to treat someone. But I think it, not everybody can operate from an area that's not like they're full of fear, right? You know, they didn't, it, it was messy and, and life is messy sometimes. So yeah, do I think um, it was unkind? Absolutely. Um, but did it work out for the best in, in uh, what do we say? What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, in an uncanny way? Absolutely. So just goes to show when I'm not in control, it's all good. <laughs> Which goes back to our conversation about spirituality. Anyway, um, in a recent email, you noted that you signed up for that four-week comedy training program, Couch to Mike at 3S Art Space, and your trainee's performances in mid-July, we'll try to post that performance on the, in the chat. Stand-up comedy, of course, is rooted in storytelling, though I think there's sometimes a bias in storytelling towards happy endings, and all stories do not necessarily end happily, or they least have trying moments as yours did. But what it seems to me is true is that all stand-up comedy is, in fact, rooted in storytelling. So I wonder if you could share with us your interest in stand-up com comedy as it relates to storytelling. Well, <laughs> I think my interest is I have a lot of stories about my family, in particular, my late father. Um, some of them I've shared here. Um, and it's my daughter. Our daughter said to me this weekend, she goes, Mom, you, you don't even have to be funny. You've got such great fodder for story stories about um, your dad. And, and so many people have encouraged me to share these stories about, you know, what is really everybody, you, you know, you get older, you realize everybody's family is crazy, right? So there's that, <laughs> there's that beauty of storytelling that when you tell a story and people connect, 
I, I really believe it gives them permission to feel those same emotions that maybe they were afraid to feel. You know, like that's the craziest thing I've ever heard or, oh my God, what would I do if that happened to me? I don't know how I would react. You know, all the emotions that go through whenever you're listening, like, like Mio's story tonight or Kate's story when she talks about her brother throwing away those faces and throwing, just throwing stuff out. I mean, I was like, oh no, that's horrible because there might be something valuable or special or personal in there. So I don't know. I think David, I think storytelling and comedy, the laughter comes from that release of, of, you know, like, that's so crazy. I've had something like that happen to me before. And that, you know, kind of, that kind of connection, you're like, oh, that's so wild. And then people laugh about it. And, and some stories don't have happy endings, right? But it's nice when they do. Yeah. Well, our last, we're up to the, against the time limit here. My last question is always the same question. Any quick in 30 seconds or so advice you could give to newbies or almost newbies who are thinking about starting out in storytelling? What would you suggest? I would suggest thinking about moments in your life that brought you the most happiness and jot them down and, and, write, from, and write about them from there. Sounds good to me. <clears throat> well, friends, this brings us to the end of our conversation with Kamisha. Kamisha, thank you so much for your story, for our conversation, and for all your good work that you do on behalf of storytelling. Thanks so much. And this brings us to the end of our program. Thanks again to our True Tales Live crew. As Amy mentioned, our next show is on June 28th with our featured teller, Martha Reed Johnson. She is very good. Be sure to log in. Our next workshop is next Tuesday, 7 to 8, 30 p.m. If you are thinking about trying out storytelling, our workshops are a great way to get started um, and a great safe place to do so. So you can sign up online. To learn more about our programs, browse to truetaleslivenh.org. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter, which yours truly happens to edit True Tales Times. And if you want to see Kamisha's and others couch to mic performance, the show is Wednesday, July 20th, 7 p.m. at 3S Art Space in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. In his book, The Spell of the Sensuous, Perception and Language in a More Than Human World, David Abram writes, a story must be judged to whether it, according to whether it makes sense. And making sense here must be understood in its most direct meaning. A story that makes sense is one that enlivens the senses, one that opens the eyes and ears to their real surroundings, tuning the, tuning the tongue to the actual tastes in the air and sending chills of recognition along the surface of the skin. To make sense is to renew and rejuvenate one's felt awareness of the world. It is to make the senses wake up to where they are. A story must be judged according to whether it makes sense. That's our program for tonight. Thanks to our tellers and our crew and you. My name is David Frainer. 
Good night. Thank you.